Andrew Skaggs, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We're uh, we're floating high on the high of adrenaline right now. That's right. Trade season. Big trades going on. We're not messing around around here anymore, huh? That's right. Tis the season. It's uh, yeah. It's been interesting because it's like the concept has always been this way. Where obviously some teams are making the playoffs, some teams are not. Mm-hmm. It feels a little more official putting a stoppage and a deadline on. I like it. You know what I mean? Because, like, like, trades happen at this time of the year in past years, but it feels a little bit different where all of a sudden it's like, okay. It's like, it's almost like a true uh, baseball sense where it's like you're at the trade deadline. You're either, you know, deciding whether you want to compete or rebuild. Um, You know, obviously there's plenty of in between there as well. But Mm -hmm. yeah, good stuff, Ben. We'll we'll break it all down. Before we do so, though, Ben, uh, it's 4.43 p.m. Mountain Time on Wednesday, December 8th. That's 6.43 p.m. Eastern Time, 3.43 p.m. Pacific Time. Bang, bang. Pull up the dock here. That uh, should be a good podcast. This time we've got role reversal. We've got Ben interviewing me in the second half of the episode. <clears throat> should be fun uh, sit on the other side of the chair there. Uh, before we get into things, Ben, let me take a quick little hit of pot. Just got home trying to get settled, you know. I understand. Sorry, Gigi just came in and just started just just staring at me right now. Dead yeah. in the eyes. <laughs> She's fired up about Christian McCaffrey. I think so. You know, it's an alpha move by her to be honest with you. Damn. <laughs> what do you got playing in the background, Ben? That's my dad watching Saturday Night Live, the first episode ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. He found it on Hulu. Huge. Yeah, it's been a big day for him. I'm trying to figure out what I should be putting on. I guess we'll go with Ball State Xavier for now. Yeah, I don't have anything on. Full focus is on us right well, now, Andrew. No, I'm just kidding. I will probably turn something on here, but I'm in the, you know in a different room now. <clears throat> the, the reality is, is that we're still not at the time. You know, it's before 4 p.m. Pacific time, which we're both used to Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Game, games don't start really before that. It's true. It's like Big East basketball, which is – That's true. Games on. That's true. I'm really just waiting for bowl season to start here soon, you know? I know you love that. Maybe I'll get into bowl season this year. Usually I don't give a shit, but – It's a little tougher to get into now with the playoffs, um, but I still like bowl season a lot. Either way, I think I've just struggled with, like – I don't know, in my head, I'm just like, why do any of these guys care about these games at the end? But, like, they are fun. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, you can see guys like Elijah Mitchell in there, you know? That's right. Yeah, I need to do some more scouting, some more studying. Granted, I've traded away most of my future picks. But, um, you know, still want to get a better – I need to jump into draft season, not just from a fantasy perspective. But yeah, I need no, to I get, get into to draft no, season, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. This is an appropriate time to start paying attention. <clears throat> it's starting I'm to come around, of... though. You're starting to see headlines – you're starting to get. Right. I read the big boards from time to time. Like, yeah, it's not that I'm and guys, unaware, but like, guys are starting like, to declare. So like, it's it's starting to go on. Yeah, but I haven't like determined very many guys. I'm like, oh, I like him, or oh, I you know remember watching him play outside of you know the standard offensive position guys. But uh, Ben, let's talk Taco Bell takeaway of the week. Uh, we want to thank Taco Bell for their continued support all season. Thank uh, you, sponsor. I'll go ahead and get us started. Uh, <clears throat> And it's kind of a random week. Whenever I do this Taco Bell takeaway of the week, I just kind of go through the scores and remind myself what might have stood out to me or, you know, what might have been a storyline. Not a ton, really, um, that we either haven't already talked about or that I could find. So I went with Chargers-Bengals. 
Uh, the Chargers ultimately beat the Bengals pretty handedly. But those are two teams that are both in the mm-hmm. AFC and both have young, you know, potential future star quarterbacks. Uh, everything looks good, but long way to go. But they're just – and I get neither of the rosters are, like, that great, but they're just such – we see different versions of those two teams every yeah. week. Fair right. uh, The Bengals crushed the Steelers <clears throat> last week. Not that the Steelers are great, but – in a division where they've been beaten hey. by the Steelers for years and years, that's always a good win. Steelers beat the Ravens this week. That's right. And then the Chargers. Um, I don't even need to go through their game log, but there's some highs yeah. and some lows and all yeah. kinds of shit. Anyway, they're both uh, AFC wild card contenders, uh, as I wrote here. They really put the wild in wild card. Um, and anyway, I don't necessarily have a point to this. It's just they're intriguing. I'm, I'm intrigued mm-hmm. to see A, if they make the playoffs and B, <clears throat> what they do once they're there because they do have quarterbacks that seem like they might be pretty damn special uh, and some, you know, offensive skill position players that are pretty damn good as well. But uh, we will see. Yeah. I think luckily <clears throat> I learned the AFC is wide ago. open as you talked about. True. And I learned a couple of weeks ago not to bet on either of these teams anymore, because right. like you, like you've been saying this entire time, you just don't know what type of team is going to show up from either of these teams any week. Um, so yeah, they're interesting, Cincinnati. interesting squads. With Cincinnati, as much as I do like them, like let's not forget they had the number one pick like two years ago, mm-hmm. and then they had the number five pick this past year. Like the mm-hmm. roster still needs some help. Like absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. you can tell that these teams aren't that deep, but they have good quarterbacks, and when the quarterbacks play well, then they win right. their games. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> well, I think the biggest headline of the week is the Lions winning a game. Yeah, the O no town ten. And one Lions, or no? How's it work? Has it go? Oh, one and ten. No, the tie goes last. So oh, ten and one. Oh, ten and one. They might have played one more game. But I, so, I don't know. Yeah, now they're one, ten and one, one eleven and one. Don't know. What well, I think, yeah, one ten and one because they've had one a ten. Yeah, yeah, one ten and one. Uh, epic game-winning drive against the Vikings. Who the Vikings? You know, Vikings it. Don't know how they do that, but they just do that. Um, and just congrats to Jared Goff and his girlfriend. They seem mm-hmm. to have a really lovely relationship, and that was a lovely video that she posted in support of him. Um, it was lovely. It was she really was, lovely. She was getting emotional. Was yeah, it was really – yeah, it was lovely to see her getting so emotional. That was what was lovely about it. It really was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good for the Lions, you know. As much as they're the uh, dumpster fire of the NFL and have been for a while, you know, we don't root for that. We're not anti Yeah, I do feel like um, we can see, like, one win coming, though, just because. Yeah, they're not that many, bad. I mean, because of how bad. many times they've gotten close and how many times somehow they've screwed up in, like, some sort of crazy fashion. So, it's just right. like at some point it had to happen that they were going to win one, I felt like, you know. So, Absolutely. it happened. Good for them. Pop the champagne. Um, party on, Detroit. Party on. Yep, and now they play the Broncos uh, this week, which could be a low-key competitive game. We'll see, though. Uh, Ben, we're going to do a quick run through the scores from this past week. It was a doozy. Uh, You know, things are really hitting the nitty-gritty here towards this playoff push. Bellify Island, 115.5. Bill Bilicic, 109. More on that one later. Uh, Bees Nuts, 86.5. Pizzapalooza, 61.5. Rivalry game, big win for Dan. 
Uh, that's got to be the most points he's scored in a while, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. The Darren Narwhalers, 118. The Ohio mm-hmm. State, 55 and a half. Done. Uh, Skaggs Island, 127. Scott Stocks, 42 and a half. Uh, La Marvelous Llama, 76. Golden Bandits, 90.5. Uh, All My Homies Ball, 78.5. Ma's Meatloaf, 143.5. Oh. And our Geico Game of the Week. Joe, 115.5 over William, 109. Massive win for Joe. He was the only one of the 6-6 six and six teams uh, to win. Keeps his playoff hopes firmly alive. Just needs a win this week to get in. Uh, he also got 19 points from Damian Harris Harris on Monday Night Football. Uh, Matt Breida did very little for William. Uh, so it was a comeback victory that was much needed. It also... Uh, Knocked William out of kind of that first place group. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on track in terms of his points for to potentially get a bye, which he still has in play. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, Big crazy, game. crazy game for Joe. Needed it badly, and uh, you know, if I had to guess that somebody, if somebody needed to win this league, and if somebody had to get it, it would be Joe. He's just, mm-hmm. you know, he's just that kind of scrappy kind of guy. So good for Joe. Good for Joe. Really happy for him. Uh, week 13 superlatives, best start, worst sit. The E's eye-opening performance of the week. I want to apologize to E's for forgetting their sponsorship mm-hmm. the last couple weeks. Uh, and then a new award, or should we say a newly named award. Uh, we'll get to it all in just a moment. Best start, we're going to go. This is everybody's favorite category. Uh, always riveting stuff. Hunter Renfro uh, for Anthony. Uh, simply because Hunter Renfro had 14.5 points, and Anthony won by 14.5. Hey. So, you know. That uh, that always helps, and Hunter Renfro is while he's a very solid receiver. Is mm-hmm. I think I, I feel like I literally say this sentence every week, but he's not a guy that you always have in your lineup, no matter sure. what. Um, he might slowly becoming that kind go of tiger. guy, though. Yeah, yeah, he is. <clears throat> yeah, uh, my best start is Devonte Freeman, who seems like he's been in the league Joe. for like yeah, he's been like in the league for like fifteen years now. Um, got 17 and a half points and a six and a half point win for Joe and a huge win for Joe. Um, so yeah, congrats to Joe. Let's go with Joe. Big Joe podcast so far. Huge. It looks like we got more Joe in this next segment. It does it, does it look that way? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and start off with, uh, Sony Michelle as the worst sit on Joe's team. Now Joe did admit to this mistake. Uh, I forget what group text it was in, but he mentioned that he had, had no idea that Daryl Henderson yeah. Jr. was out. Uh, but anyway, he scored 19 and a half points on Joe's bench. Um, you know, would have made that game a little bit less stressful. But anyway, honest mistake. Mistakes happen. It's all right, Joe. Hey. <clears throat> it's okay. It's been a Joe podcast so far. We need to bring him down to earth back a little bit just because he was getting a little too high there. So he's back down to earth a little bit. Um I'm going to go with KJ Osborne, Osborne, uh, Mikey's team, uh, scored 12 points when four of his flexes scored two points or less in a loss by 14 points. So still one of one per se, but you know, we're a little college. closer. So, uh, and it would have yeah. been hard to tell obviously with feeling yeah. early in the game. But. Yeah. And like KJ Osborne, not like an automatic star again, but now these are he's... not. Yeah, now. Now yes. he's he's yes. going to play a factor. I got the eyes yes. emoji on that one. It's like, oh, mm. picked him up in another league. We'll see. Love that. It's a big fuck, big fucking week. Uh, ben, BFW. why don't you start us off with the uh, E's eye-opening performance of the week? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with Javante Williams on Zach's team, running back for the Broncos. Um, we've seen that he's a very good player this year, absolutely. Uh, this week he seemed to be the bell cow, um, and he, you know, 23 carries, 102 yards, and on top of that, all that, he has six car- six catches for 76 yards and a touchdown, um, and mm-hmm. with 26 fantasy points and a big win against me. Um, just seems like Javante Williams is going to get more and more touches as the season goes along, so – here we go. Um, honorable mention. Um, I don't think Dan meant Shouts to rookie running backs. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Dan meant to like get points out of this one, but Kenneth Gainwell, Eagles running back, uh, rookie. Uh, 12 carries, 64 yards, and a touchdown, five catches, 33 yards, um, 16 and a half points. Uh, I, the Eagles running backs don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but hey, that's I like Kenneth Gainwell. I just he just never really stood out this season because Austin Scott and yeah, they got I don't weird know, team. Miles Sanders. They're a weird fantasy team. Is it Jordan Howard have... at one point? Like I just don't even know. So I'm yeah. glad I have no associations with any Eagles guys in like any of my leagues. It's really like it's peaceful. Like the only guy that I would want is probably Goddard, honestly. That's or hurts. Only yeah, hurts. Yeah, hurts. from a fantasy perspective. Well, now though, like, now though, after Gardner, like everyone's like Gardner Minshew, well, yeah, Gardner I mean, Minshew. Gardner's the like, truth. I don't know. I think that he is, but I think it's crazy after one. We're getting off, a little off the topic here, but I think it's crazy after one week of Hurts being hurt that everyone's like, "Oh, Minshew, like it's Minshew time." Like, you know, Sirianni's done with Hurts. I'm like, didn't Hurts just like put up like three good weeks of like football there? Yeah. Like we were talking about, like, Hertz, he, like we're progressing to a treatment. He gets it. Yeah, and two has been doing his thing the last couple of weeks. I mean, Dolphins have won five straight. So, yeah, it's I don't know. Racism, man. That's what it is. It's because Stay woke, friends. they're kids Stay of woke. color that played quarterback at Alabama. And, and you know, here's Mac Jones getting all the praise and then all the doubt on those two. You know, that's just, <laughs> it's the country we live in. Well, all right, listen, anyway, ben, you throw three passes, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort and that's a lot of responsibility. So, it, you know. It, it was too bad outside of, you know, we'll get off this tangent in a moment here. But Sorry. it was too bad outside of the uh, – that with the weather on Monday night. Mm-hmm. It just would have been nice to see them on a little bit more of a regular playing field, if you will. Um, I understand. And, like, tr- truly for me, I wanted to, like, watch the Patriots and, like, you know, try to not necessarily have some appreciation, but at least be like, okay, I've actually watched them for a full game and, like, mm-hmm. you know, determine whether I think they're good or not. But, like, mm-hmm. that was really hard because, like, I need no, to No, and that ball. makes sense. No, that <laughs> and I knew they were good at running and defense. I get that. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, ben, I'll keep it quick here. George Kittle, nine catches, 181 yards, two touchdowns, 34 and a half points for team Nick. Uh, Kittle's just a damn good tight end. He's actually, I looked at the game log, having a fine season, not anything amazing. Uh, yeah. But anyway, you know, it just seems like he's lost a little bit of his luster. I really think he's got to get separated from Jimmy G. As much as he's had some of his best games under Jimmy G. Uh, I'm really yeah. curious to see how the future looks there. But uh, and then honorable mention, kind of random, but Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, we talked about the Lions winning Love the him. first game, catching that first touchdown, or not the first touchdown, the winning touchdown was uh, Amon Ra. Team Rob, 10 catches, 86 yards, a touchdown, 19 and a half points. Love to see it. Fight on. Love to see it. Uh, the newly named award is the Rashad Penny of the <laughs> week. Uh, we want to thank Greg Goose for their sponsorship up to this point. Ultimately, we decided to part ways. Uh, but this is now called the Rashad Penny of the Week. As a reminder, this is if you score zero points. Uh, so both Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers from that uh, that New England game where they didn't throw the ball, 
Uh, and then Nico Collins on the Texans did not have a point. Two of those three guys were in your starting lineup, Ben. You hate to see it. Um, uh, one of them then, is not now, though, because I had enough of him after that. Uh, that's right. So he's gone. That's right. I love to hear it. And then uh, the funniest thing I was going to say about Rashad Penny is he actually finally found his way out of Dan's lineup. Dan set like a good lineup this week. I know. It was weird. Well, I guess rivalry. Um, like he put, he put Herbert in. I guess – the Browns had a buy, so he felt like he had to. But yeah, beating Travis. He's also like cemented in that third spot already in terms True. of pick, so it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, Rashad Penny, three and a half points on his bench, finally actually scores. So that was funny. Uh, and then <laughs> lastly, the uh, speaking of Daniel, the Al Davis just win baby award, 86 and a half points again, one of the highest totals for Dan so far this year, but it would have lost to six teams. Not, not a bad effort, though. 86 and a half isn't anything horrible. Yeah. Um, I think once you get in the 70s, that's where it's kind of like, damn, we had a rough week. 70s and below, obviously. Um, in traditional fantasy sense. Then, similar to last week, I'm going to hand the torch over to you for the fab recap. Okay, give me Gigi, you can't keep trying. Hold on. Sorry. That's okay. okay. I love what Gigi interludes. She's just being a big puppy. All right, yes. Fab recap of the week for week 14. Some activity. We- have a little bit, yeah. Belfont Island did pick up a couple guys here. Um, $33 was the offer for Jack Doyle, or I'm sorry, Tyler Conklin. He dropped Jack, Jack Doyle, the right waivers. Um, Tyler Conklin, Minnesota tight end. Uh, Joe also picked up Alex Collins for $5 and he dropped Nicole Hardman. Uh, meanwhile, it looks like Moz Meatloaf was unsuccessful for Alex Collins, but did pick up Larry Roundtree for zero. Um, and he also picked up Justin Jackson and Jeremy McNichols for zero. And Joe just missed out on where he see Jones for zero dollars because he had dropped whoever he needed to drop for yeah. one of those first two players. Probably Jack Doyle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not, not, a, not tons and you wouldn't expect tons in the last week, but, uh, Joe's making a little bit of move. I'm sure that he had that much money left and he just spent it. So, you know. Well, what I always laugh about is, and this is my first year doing fab in any league, and I'm doing it in my mm-hmm. two main ones. And so I have no concept as to what's a good bid or what's not, mm-hmm. at least to this point. But I do think it's so funny how often it's like, and don't get me wrong, I kind of thought about picking up Tyler Thompson as well. But it's so funny, like, okay, so Joe determines 33 bucks, let's do it. Like, I think with Thielen out, he's kind of been playing well. All right, you know, he's committing a fair amount of money. It's just so funny to me that, like, then no one else even made an offer. <laughs> like, even yeah. though in his head, he's like, okay, I got to put a fair amount because I like this guy. He's probably going to be a popular demand. But then, like, some weeks, like, four four different people, you know, mm-hmm. put a bit on the same player. And, it's like, okay, and, you know, the winner is, like, five bucks. And I was like, okay. So, anyway, it's just an interesting uh, – I do it like is the, interesting. the wrinkle. I do like the wrinkle it adds. I do. Uh, speaking of Tyler Conklin, he's my uh, fabulous addition of the week purely because the tight end carousel continues for Joe. And we'd love to see it. And I'll just give to Larry Roundtree the third. I don't really – there's not many other choices, I guess. I guess he's a rookie running back. You never know. So, $0, good for Snides. Yeah, good for Snides. I also did not realize Mikko Hardman just getting a cold drop. It's been a tough, yeah. tough career. And Keel Harry getting dropped. Carson Wentz, some big names here. Cold Gio guys. Bernard. Yeah. Hate to see it. Legend, um, Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard is a legend, PPR legend. 
All right. Yeah. Let's go ahead with these week 14 matchups. I'll read the record so you have a sense of kind of the magnitude here. Mm. Uh, Bill Belichick, eight and five. Bees Nuts, five and eight. Uh, on the line there, we've got Will in a solo fifth, I believe. Clinch the playoffs, so he's good there. Anyway, wants to improve seating. Mm-hmm. Has scored a lot of points on the year. Bees Nuts, like I said, firmly locked into that third pick, I believe. Anyway. Scott's Tots, 2-11 versus the Ohio State, 2-11. This is the uh, the bowl for the first pick. Uh, any, any thoughts there, Ben? <laughs> well, the first pick's not mine if, if I do get it. Mm. So. <laughs> right. Uh, no, still, so, I mean. And, I think so, we've talked about it. This draft is wide open. So, like. Absolutely. No, absolutely. the first pick is, I mean, the third pick could no be sense. just as good as the first, that probably. I have um, no sense. I will say this. From what Snides is saying, he's not happy. He thinks that Scott's going to throw this week, you know, throw this game this week, and that I'm going to try. And he said that he's no, he's coming. Yeah, so he's 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 getting his he's getting his active guys in the lineup. Yeah, so confirm that Snides did say if he feels any sort of Scott's throwing his game, he's going to humiliate he's going to humiliate humiliate Scott in the chat. So just watch out. You know, just. Yeah, yeah, things are getting pretty out. contentious. I love yeah. little Anthony and Nick back and forth. Mm. Um, yeah, lots we, of bandwidth. We, we, lots of bandwidth. We threw a yeah. quick no. We threw a quick text to Scott's Todd just to make sure that those inactive players weren't in the starting lineup. Mm. Uh, we are going to continue to address the tanking issue. Uh, we're likely going to have another rule change this off season. I kind of tried to give warnings a little bit, but you know, why can't people just tank like me? Yeah, like trade away their pick and then tank. <laughs> Just trade away or, their entire team. Or just team. start your actual, yeah, yeah. Just trade away your entire team and start all over. It's going well for me, actually. Next next year, it's going to be totally fine. I love it. I'm excited, Ben. I've really enjoyed watching <laughs> your, your full rebuild. Now you have players again. That's what I'm saying. Are, I've got players. Hurt, I've got young like, players. You know, I still have picks. Like, yeah. I'm so doing it's all, okay. it's all interesting to me. Um, okay, next matchup. Pizzapalooza, 6-7. and seven. Darren Narwaller's 9-4. and four. Uh, I... Travis is out of it because he's too many points behind. Both him and Robert. Okay, so he doesn't have a shot behind. here. No, Even but Zach. Wins? Okay, Zach has a big shot at the bye. Um, okay, so he wants to win, and he probably wants to score a lot of points. Yeah, and then we've got Moz Meatloaf nine and four, Skaggs Island nine and four. Big, wow, that's, that's a, a big, big one. one. Yeah, he's those are one. two clinchers. Win four versus win seven. Um, both acquired tight ends uh, this week. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um. Buy on the line because we play each other. That knocks one of us back. So that's where yeah. Zach very much comes into play. If Nick beats me and Zach wins, I believe Zach has more points than Nick at the moment. So I might have to try. To I might have to try to write a clinching sheet after this. Mm. I'll try my best. Um, In and terms of like scenarios, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all my homies ball six and seven. Little marvelous llamas six and seven. Like we talked about, Rob is. Mm-hmm basically mathematically eliminated okay. massive week for the llamas big week say, for the llamas yeah. they've been grinding all season bosco's team makes no sense year after year last <laughs> year he made the playoffs i think he made it to the semis um so that was big time but the previous year like he had a really good team on paper and yeah. had, like the fourth pick it's just been weird um so he's six and seven if he wins and joe loses in the next matchup for the golden bandits uh, Anthony's nine and four. Joe's seven and six. 
Bosco does have more uh, points for than Joe. So he would, oh, again, a win for him, loss for Joe would get him in, uh, likely on the points tiebreaker. How anyway, many points? How many points above is? Uh, I'll go check really quickly. Just keep talking. Yeah, get them standing. That we'll kind of go you. through it real quick. I got you. Uh, so, like we talked about, a win for Joe in that game versus Anthony automatically gets him in because he's got a game up on the Llamas. Uh, a win for Anthony pretty much clinches the one seed in the bye because he's got mm-hmm. a pretty. I think William and I are within like forty points of him points wise, but that would take a lot. Uh, other games, yeah, like we talked about, Nick and I, um, and then Bosco fighting to make playoffs, and then of course the uh, the, the bowl for the number one pick. Talk to me about those points for Ben. Yeah, it's it's uh, I'd say Mikey has about a sixteen point fifteen and a half point lead uh, overall points over Joe. Um, so it's close, but that is a relatively so decent a sloppy size win lead. for him. And exactly, a, a, exactly. A Joe week where he goes one thirty and Anthony mm-hmm. goes one forty. Mm-hmm. It could yeah. get interesting. Now yeah. you are right. Robert's probably completely out of here because he's got he's like hundred points below all of them. So. Yeah, it's going to be and Travis, yeah. Yeah. Whew. Wow. All right. You got this next segment, Ben? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I do. I got you. Let's do this thing, huh? Uh, Dynasty Draft Prospect Preview presented by Duracraft Boats. Thank you again to Duracraft Boats for sponsoring this segment. They've been a great sponsor all season long. Um, check them out at their website, duracraftboats.com. Mm-hmm. Uh our first prospect of the week, and we talked about this last week, Andrew, is Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, probably saw him make a couple of big plays against Michigan the other week. Uh, he's come out, he's come on a lot this season, I'd say. Um, and he's really made a lot of big plays with CJ Stroud and um, at quarterback and Chris Olave on the other side of the ball. Um, it's Olave, Ben. Olave, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm just going to put an end to that. That's okay. I respect that. Um, Garrett Wilson is a lot quicker. Well, I'd say like straight line faster than um, Olave. 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 Um, (laughs) About the same size. Six foot. 180 pounds maybe. Um, But I would say much more athletic. Seems to go up and get grab balls way easier and has seems to have like really big hands for his size. Um, and just kind of plucks it out of the air, which you know, we love to see it from a wide receiver. Uh, love to see it. yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I think you know, we want him to go to a team where he's gonna, you know, be able to probably be with another wide receiver that can give him some separation on the other side. Um, but he's going to be a first-round pick overall, and he'll be a first-round – probably a first-round pick in our league as well. So, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. I agree. Any questions on Garrett Wilson, or should I move on here? No, I think he's the superior player to Olave, even though I think Olave is going to be pretty damn good as well. I Both would agree with you. Skinnier yeah. than I'd prefer, but that's yes. why a lot of guys yeah. are kind of thin. Yeah, that's how um, it is nowadays. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, that's why I like Drake so much. But, uh, yeah, Garrett Wilson, good player. I'm really excited to see where he lands. Now, I think you're going to like this guy a lot, Andrew. I think he's going to make some noise coming into the draft. Um, I've only heard the name. Sure, and I think think what happens is he plays on Arkansas, 
And it's, it's a very run-heavy offense, and so he doesn't get a lot of opportunities. But this is Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. Um, if you don't watch a lot of Arkansas, you're probably not going to like really be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. But, man, I've watched a couple of Arkansas games this season, and the catches he makes stand out. And he's he's What's got such, size? He's about 6'3", 215 pounds, so I like the size. Mm-hmm. I would say like he almost kind of reminds me of Anquan Bolden a little bit, just kind of like wow. a very tough, durable mm-hmm. receiver that has super strong hands, just going across the middle and just, I mean, just catching like a slant out of nowhere and then just taking a couple big hits and just keep going, you know? He just mm-hmm. seems like a very physical, um, not the quickest, not the fastest receiver, but physical, great hands, um, can line up in the slot, and, you know, he's quick enough to make some routes and stuff like that. So I'm very interested in this guy. I think that he's going to be a solid NFL player. I don't know if he's going to be a – I think he might be a first-round pick. I'm thinking, like, later back half of the first I round. I feel like I saw him on Mel's big board, like, yeah, I think early he's, in the season. But Yeah, he might be, like, a top-20 pick probably. Maybe like top thirty. Well, it's so 25. hard with these receivers. I mean, sometimes I know there's so they many fall a little bit because there's so many of them. Exactly. Um, Every team already has like decent ones, or at least for the most part. Yeah, and I don't know if he's gonna run like the fastest forty. You know, I don't know if he's gonna test out of the world like some other guys, which you know always kind of drops guys. Um, but either way, I think he's gonna be a really good pick for some team in the NFL and a really good pick for one of us in the future. So, Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. I'm sold. I love the description. I think yeah, outside, he's awesome. of, outside of like six five, like jump ball artist receivers, mm-hmm. like your Calvin's and Mike Evans of the world, that's like my favorite type of receiver. Yeah. My second favorite type is what you described, like the Anquan Bolden type. Mm-hmm. That's why I love Jarvis Landry so much. I'm um, just kind of the physical Steve Smith. run after the catch. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I get you. Even though he could burn people too. Yeah. Steve was a little smaller. I'm, I'm no, I, to small people. I get you. He was smaller, but he was so physical. Like, he yes, just he like, and he, he really liked to talk. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck. So, ice up, son. Ice up, son. Uh, let's go ahead and transition, Ben. Do we need a let's commercial break or anything? Uh, no, let's just go straight through this, huh? All right, we're powering. Fuck that. If you're if you're okay hit. with that, I'm I am okay with that. That hit got me so high that. Just okay, to it happens focus. to the best of us, right? It really does. Uh, Ben's Betting Corner presented by Baskin Robbins. I still have a little bit of vanilla ice cream from Tillamook in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of self-control not touching it the last several days. That's um, awesome. Anyway, I'm fired up. Not good for you. I haven't had, I'm trying to think about any ice cream lately. I'm not like a big ice cream person in general, so that's not like yeah. saying a lot. Like. I'm not the mass. I'm not. I like ice cream, but I'm not like you know every night ice cream. Probably maybe like once, maybe twice a week. Probably once a week, maybe. So nothing crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Ben's betting corner. Uh, it's been depressing for the last couple of weeks. Let's be honest. Each week it seems to get more depressing. But we're on the up and up, guys. And mm-hmm. it was a huge week. Um, we bet on two darlings of the football world currently, Alabama and the Patriots. And currently both, and for too damn long. <laughs> and they both won me some serious money. Um, I just took Alabama like every way I could. Money line spread. Um, Patriots I took. Money. Yeah, Patriots I took money line. And I took the spread. I even took the alternate spread of 1 to 13 points. Um, 
that was pretty nice. So, yeah, that was it was a nice little week. <coughs> Love to hear it, Ben. I don't have anything to report. Yeah, I mean, as far as betting goes, it's getting a little slower. I haven't been laying as much volume bets as, as I would say. I've just <laughs> been going all in on, to be honest, just money line bets lately. So, yeah, you know, you know what I will do though, Ben. Hmm. Um, I want to take this time to give a shout out to Zach. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, we play we play streak for the cash. Well, the primetime pick them or whatever the thing is called. Uh, good for him on that pigskin. But streak for the cash. Uh, him, myself, and Gabe play it on a monthly basis. We bet twenty bucks over as long as streak in the month wins it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing for years. Like, mm-hmm. no, I remember I you in college playing it. Yeah, and Zach's been playing for a decent while with me, Gabriel. Anyway, uh, for those that don't know, you pick random sporting events, player props, all of the above, try to build a streak. Uh, Zach got to 23 in a row to end the month of November and then started the month of December with, I think, seven or eight wins. So it was like a total of 30 or 31 in a row, Jesus, Um, which is kind of unheard of. 23, I want to say my high is like 21 or something like that. Usually the winner, like the overall winner in ESPN is in like the 30s, the low 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I think we should also him. mention him in the pigskin pick him too. I'm going to go there. Is he still second? I'm going to go to the leaderboard right now. I'm going to let you know. I don't think he's second. Let me go check. He's fifth, what? which is even, he, which is crazy. I mean, still, he's right. it's crazy. He and we'll is, talk a little bit more about Zach later, but we wanted to give him a shout out in this section. Yeah, like I'm looking at the ranks right now, and he's literally like you can see Z Fernando, Fernando right there or whatever. So it's just crazy, man. So shout out to Zach. Um, kind of had a bad week ten though, a little bit, a little eh, not terrible, not terrible. He's still picking a ninety nine. I don't know why he doesn't give us money. Li- like we could be building some serious money line. Like every you know time, what I'm saying? yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck. Every we gotta time figure, I feel like we gotta I'm figure talking out, NFL so. lines with them, I'm like, I'm not on the same page, granted. I, you know, it's all crap. Well, he, it's too, not but. NFL lines. It's just money line picks. And we right. just need to get that from him. Next year, we'll figure it out with him. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We're going to run We're gonna run a legit pick service next year. It's going to be completely offline, just amongst the league who wants to participate. And just do it on, like, a Google Sheet. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Because, like, the biggest problem is, and I know it's not a huge hurdle, but it's remembering your picks each week. I know. Because your options are basically getting an email, which does work sometimes, mm-hmm. or just me, like, remembering that it's in the fantasy app and to go there. Yeah. Um, no, as opposed to if you had, like, a group text where someone's like, hey, reminder to pick or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Even, and then, like, I ran, like, a pool, but even, like, I forgot, like – to put my picks in until like an hour before kickoff, you know, and I'm like, right. well, it's just too late to like text everyone right now. And just like, oh, or, you know, or or like to straight up do a like a yeah, pick them one or even a spreads one where everyone just picks every game and then it's like whoever has the best record each week wins. You know, I'd be down to do both. I'd be down to do spread right. or yeah, any yeah, and throw like five way. bucks per person on each of those mm-hmm. and then you know yeah. decent pot at the end of the week five yeah. to win sixty or whatever. Um. All right, Ben. Speaking of pick'em, prime time pick'em. You won New England on Monday night, much to my chagrin. uh, Lost New Orleans and Denver. Uh, They both did not cover. Brings your season record to twelve and twenty-one on prime time pick'em. Not outstanding. 
guest picker is uh, stagnant at nine and twenty-one as we haven't had a guest recently. And Andrew Skaggs, another two Back and above five hundred. Come on, seventeen <laughs> and sixteen. Dallas and Kansas City had me. Lost the uh, Buffalo trying to cover against New England. Sure, shake my head. Uh, interesting slate. Uh, I really like the Thursday night game. I love the Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Sunday nights, whatever. Uh, but we'll start with Pittsburgh at Minnesota on Thursday night. No Dalvin Cook, no Adam Thielen. But Minnesota is minus three points. This mm. is a weird game. This is not one that I would bet on personally. No. <clears throat> what do you think, Ben? I'm going to go with uh, Steelers minus three and pick up the money line here if I had to. Um I think the Vikings might be starting to plummet here. Unravel. Yes, and I think the Steelers might be trying to fight for a playoff spot and start winning some games, especially with the news of Ben Roethlisberger supposedly retiring this offseason, this next offseason. So I think uh, Pittsburgh wins here uh, in Minnesota. Outstanding, Ben. I'm going to go with Minnesota minus three. I don't like it one bit. Uh, this is purely because of what happened last week. Big emotional win for the Steelers over their rival Ravens. Last second game. Minnesota loses to the worst team in the league, the Lions. Anyway, I think the NFL has a funny way to flip the script on a week-by-week yeah. basis. Uh, we're going to go Minnesota minus three. Also, uh, shout out Rico Gathers. <clears throat> it's funny how... I'm going a little yeah, yeah. Rico Gathers, love that guy. <laughs> wow, um, fourteen weeks in a row now. Uh, Fifteen weeks in a row, probably. It's funny how like grown men react to certain like wins or losses in the NFL. Like you know, yeah. like like college kids, you kind of get it. Like they're just so emotional and they're not like you know they're just not fully grown yet and they're still like learning a lot of things. But a lot of these guys, and I guess there's still a lot of young guys in the league too, so that you know it just happens. But like. It's just funny, like one week you get one team that gets their ass kicked and the next week they show up fired up and they want to, you know, keep kicking ass. Or you have a team that got ass kicked and just doesn't give a shit going in the next week. You just never know. It's just interesting. Yeah. So, well, yeah, it's, it's tough to read. One interesting thing about the Steelers is, I don't know if you noticed this, but I found on Twitter like this past week, like after they got blown out by the Bengals, like a lot of former Steelers were talking about like, the locker room culture and how bad the guys wanted and you know this isn't the Steeler way and all this stuff. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that at all, but I saw a lot of like talk about like former guys being like, yo, like get your fucking shit together. Like definitely a prideful organization, right? Like yeah. They make the playoffs almost every fucking year. Like Mike Tomlin, I don't know if has ever had He's a such losing a record. <laughs> They've had what, like three coaches in like the last seventy five years or something like that? Something like that. Chuck Knoll and then, uh, and yeah, exactly. And now Tomlin. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like a college pro, like a really like college, like Ohio State or something. You know what I'm saying? Like a high profile college program with a lot of tradition, where people with the alumni, where they're just like, no, we don't take that shit. We're good here. This is how it's done. This is how the Pittsburgh way is done. You know, so it's it's interesting. Right. Yeah, it's a <laughs> franchise that I have a lot of respect for. Sunday night football. Absolutely. Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay favored by 12 and a half. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's tough. These guys are always on Sunday Night Football like once a year, but like this late in the year, 
We just don't need it. Like, sorry. Big fan bases. That's how it goes, unfortunately. Big rivalry game, you know. This this, this would have been perfect for Monday night. This would have been kind of a standard Monday night game. Yeah. Um, But anyway, we're both taking Green Bay minus four and a half. You got Mm -hmm. any other thoughts on it? No, I just think Aaron Rodgers does his thing, and they probably end up winning by two touchdowns. This is just truly one of those ones where it's like, as much as I do like taking, like, underdogs with big spreads, Mm -hmm. usually when they're at home. Mm -hmm. But this is one of those ones where I'm like, I just can't pick Chicago and then, like, watch the game and all of a sudden it's 28 nothing at halftime and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Yeah, Chicago's just so bad. I mean, And they've been so bad for so long. I mean, I know they made one Super Bowl not that long ago, but, like, just their offense. I I just couldn't imagine as someone – I appreciate defensive defense. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Defensive defense. Defensive football. (laughs) Um, but as an offensive guy at, at heart, it would just be so hard to watch that team year after year. It'd be brutal. Um, Monday Night Football, huge matchup in the NFC West. The Rams at the Cardinals. Cardinals favored by two and a half. Back-to-back weeks, Ben. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football actually gets a good game. It's not that difficult. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Ben? It's close to home. <sighs> It was tough. It was tough to choose this one. Um, but I'm going to go with Cardinals minus two and a half. I think the Cardinals are, like, really legit. Um, I think they might be the I best team. Yeah. No, I don't know if that means, like, best team equals Super Bowl champion. But I think they're the best team right now. Um, and I think they have one of the best rosters right now. Um, and I just think, you know, they're kind of – Kyler's back. Seems like everyone's a little bit healthy right now. So give me Arizona minus two and a half. It seems like Rams are a little bit unhealthy. So Arizona two and a half at home. <sighs> yep. I've got the Rams plus two and a half. Don't feel good about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. This is just what I'm picking. I think the Rams have actual issues, but like, I think they can also straighten it out. They've got time to do that. Um, before the playoffs start, respect Arizona a lot. Not an easy place to play. It is indoors, so I think that's you know helps the Rams offense. Uh, but anyway, that's who we're picking. Plus two and a half. I love it. I love it. Um. Okay. Well, shall we, Andrew? Let's do it, Ben. Well, thanks for letting me. Uh, you know interview you here you know you're an important part of this league and we want to hear what you have to say so <laughs> let's just get into it you are nine four have won four in a row to slide in the second place with one week left of the regular season how are you feeling heading into this week and uh regular season general in the playoffs I feel solid ben mm-hmm. uh you know expectations here at skags island are always sky high but uh We've been grinding. Nine and four looks solid on paper. Uh, there have been some weeks. That, it, it feels like only a small handful of weeks that have been like really huge outputs. Mm-hmm. Um, consider like I don't feel like I hit my projection that often, and I'm not like a projections guy, so I don't know. Yeah. But like a lot of times, it's like 120, 130, and it's like that's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, um, feeling good. I've had a lot of depth since since day one this season. Um, not a ton of injury bugs. I know we'll talk about that here in just a moment. Um, we've been decently lucky on an injury front considering how many guys get hurt uh, in the NFL. But yeah, we're deep. I think once the buys are done, um, you know, obviously made a big acquisition, which we'll talk about here momentarily. Um, but feeling good overall. 
but the reality of fantasy football is it's a week by week basis. Mm-hmm. I felt good about my team last last year, and then went to the playoffs, lost to Bosco first round, and mm-hmm. it's over in the snap of a finger. Yeah. Uh, so my goal, uh, as someone that doesn't have the greatest track record in this league in terms of wins and losses quite yet, at least, um, is you know got to at least make it to the semis, if not the championship. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're hoping for the best. Uh, but I would like to get, I have, I don't think I've gotten past the first round of the playoffs before. So that'd be kind of just hmm. a nice, or, you know, get a bye when the semifinal yeah. gets to the final, you it know, something. Always, It'd be right. nice to win at least the playoff game. Obviously we're hoping for more, sure. but you know, you don't want to be any, you don't want to be to the picture. Yeah. You don't want to be Andy Dalton. No. Yeah. No, can't do that. Uh, let's talk about your injuries first. Cause you did mention injuries and you've been talking yeah. about grinding a little bit. Um, with gal, guys like Dalvin Cook, because he did miss last week, correct? Um, yep. and he, looking like he's been, looking like he's might miss this week. Logan Thomas has missed a lot of uh, season with IR, um, with ACL stuff, knee stuff. Rob Tonyan's on the IR with knee stuff. Um, how have you and your team come together to win three straight and finish with one of the best records in the league? I know a big trade just happened, but talk to us before this big trade, exactly what's been going on. Well, I would say on the Delvin Cook front, what's really nice because he's had plenty of injury battles over his you know first four or five years in the league uh, is once I acquired Alexander Madison from William, uh, that really mm-hmm. helped. It it kind of becomes funny because Cook's clearly my best player and best asset, mm-hmm. but when he gets injured, it's truly like I kind of barely blink. I'm like, okay, well, I have his backup, Madison, and every time yeah. his backup plays, like I think it's three games this year, like. 25 22 and 19 or something like that yeah. so it's like there's literally no drop off and to a certain extent sometimes it's an improvement because Dalvin's yeah. had a solid year but nothing crazy mm-hmm. um you know you expect a lot so anyway that's helped a lot on that front uh Leonard Fournette's emergence as my second running back uh because I've always been running back thin having another guy that I can confidently put in the lineup specifically one that's going to get carries and catches mm-hmm. never hurts on the tight end front, uh, yeah, kind of tough with Logan Thomas. Uh, Bob Tanyan really wasn't doing a whole lot, um, so it was tough to put him in my lineup either way, but obviously we didn't want to lose him. My third guy is Tyler Higby. He's fine. I mean, he's like got at least a decently high floor to a certain extent where you know, you're going to get typically at least five points. You know, Not always and not usually a lot more than that. Um, but I came into the year kind of thinking that I had pretty good depth with, with Logan Thomas. Tanyan and, and Higby hasn't ultimately provided, you know, that many fruits, but uh, I started Gerald Everett for a week. Anyway, outside of the that, Hawks. the rest of the like receivers <clears throat> and, and quarterback situations have been pretty healthy. Dak yeah. a couple games, but um, again, Fortnite, I think Fortnite the depth has helped a lot. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it be, being able to turn him into a reliable starter once again, because mm-hmm. uh, like when he got cut from the Jags, like, he was still pretty damn young, and I'm like, wait, yeah. is this dude about to get run out of the league, like, this quickly? Like, I know he's yeah. not, like, crazy good, but, like, I feel like he's solid enough to be a lead back somewhere. And For I'm sure. glad he's finally getting kind of that full role now, even though they didn't even yeah. hand it to him that much, but still. Just need a chance. Um, right. With Logan Thomas and Rob Tommy now, um, you've been a little – and you talk about tight end, and you've been struggling there a little bit. You did make a – Massive trade last night. Maybe the biggest Ooh. trade of the deadline. Um, acquiring Travis Kelsey for two first-rounders from Robstein. Um, what went into your decision to make this trade, and how much stronger is your team now with Travis Kelsey? 
That's an excellent question, Ben. First of all, thank, thank you. you for having me uh, in this interview. <laughs> and uh, as with, I feel like a lot of trades, it kind of came out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, obviously, Rob and I talk a lot. We see each other a lot. Not always about, you know, this dynasty league, but, sure. uh, and, you know, we know that he's, you know, kind of making some changes, getting rid of some older guys, trying to get mm-hmm. some picks, um, kind of about that time for his franchise. Uh, he had simply messaged me about how he was talking with Snides about both Gronk and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I like jokingly said, like, well, if you're dealing Kelsey, like, just let me, like, let me know or whatever. Sure. Um, and so anyway, we started talking and, um, you know, compensation and one was one in a player wasn't going to be enough. He, he didn't, he didn't seem overly interested in players. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I was like, Hey, do you want one of these tight ends? Like even a Thomas or Tanya who's, clearly out for this year, but, you know, could help you next year when you're trying to compete again. Sure. Um, but he didn't, you know, really have a whole lot of interest in that. Um, and so then, you know, it became clear that it needed to be two first round picks. One of them needed to be in 2022. I'm in a position where, you know, odds are that picks somewhere between nine and 12. We'll see. It could be a little bit higher, but um, I love Drake London. I think he, you know, potentially goes higher than that and or, you know, could always trade a piece for him down the road if I need to. So that was really my only – that was truly my only interest of being in the draft. Was kind, of, kind of like last year before I ended up with Waddle and Bateman. Uh, my only interest was in getting Rashad Bateman, and, like, that was my only pick I had. And so, yeah. like, that was all I cared about. That was kind of my thing this year. Like, okay, I just want Drake London, and that's it. Um, don't feel great about my opportunity to get him through the draft necessarily, so I'll just send it. Um. And Travis Kelsey is one of my favorite players. Yeah, you know, he's been in the league for a while, so the one the one risk would be that you know his skills deteriorate or his you know health or age. Or, uh, but clearly, Mahomes is going to be there for a while. Uh, considering what we just talked about at the tight end position, kind of some of the ups and downs, that's definitely been my weakest spot. Even though I love my tight ends, um, not getting a lot of double digit games, especially if, mm-hmm. if Logan Thomas isn't playing. Uh, so it just kind of solidifies things a lot in, in that role. Um, don't have to worry about. The, the fact that two of my guys are out, still have Higby on the bench if I happen to need him for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, just that was kind of the, the weakest spot on, on the starting lineup. So does that guarantee me, you know, wins moving forward in the playoffs? You know, who knows because it's fantasy football, but definitely feel like the team got better. And I don't mind giving up a couple first-round picks. I don't have a lot of future picks now in the next three years. I have my mm-hmm. first in 2023, and that's about it in terms of on the sheet. Um, but I also feel like I have a roster that's relatively young and, and deep. And so that's the price you pay. Yeah. A couple of things, just make sure that you're looking at the right sheet. Number one, um, yep. you know, going, that's Anthony. the big thing. It's only me. happened a couple of times, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, well, cause he keeps I, texting me about it. I'm no, like, I know. Dog, you're looking at the 2021 <laughs> sheet and I'm like, I don't know how else to say this, but like it transitions each year and you know, curse Google. I stop updating one. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm actually looking at my text messages with Rob right now. And November 13th, Rob and I started talking to Travis Kelsey trade. Um, it got as far as me offering my tw- a 2020, my first, well, my first round pick being Bosco's first round pick next year. And mm-hmm. for Kelsey straight up and Rob almost accepting it. And then me being like, oh, wait, but you know that it's 
Bosco's pick and not mine, he was like, "Oh, then I'm over it." So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just wanted that number one pick. So which is interesting it. because if potentially you know Joe wins, Bosco doesn't win, or whatever scenario, if Bosco doesn't yeah. make the playoffs. That then throws him in, him into the sixth pick, which is not a bad one. That's what I'm saying. Um, like, I feel pretty good about that pick, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. And did you ultimately ended up trading that to Nick this evening, correct? Bosco's uh, first round pick? The, actually, it wasn't the 22. I think it was the 23. Gotcha. I have Bosco's 22 and 23. Wow, look at you go. Uh, ben, speaking of trades. Yeah, talk to us. It looks like we're at that segment. I took some mm-hmm. screenshots. because I you did. You did a good job. Well, for one, I'm on an iPad, so I can't, like, flip tabs. I'm just on the dock, and that's that. Yeah. Um, had pretty good success in the trade market, I'll be honest with you. There's not a ton of, like, bad ones to dig up. Um, not a- everything's great. What I realized, Ben, is I do really well in the three-team trades. I see uh, these. And so, and so the very first trade that's on the sheet, and I don't by any means think it was the first trade ever recorded yeah. in the league, but this is as far back as I made it. Uh, we talked about this one before, but this is on September 6th, 2018. Jesus. So over three years ago. Uh, Travis received D.D. Westbrook and Josh Gordon. Zach received Amari Cooper and Royce Freeman. <laughs> I received Juju, Jarvis Landry, and Kenyon Drake. Um, if I remember Josh correctly, I, I gave up Royce Freeman and Josh Gordon in that deal. So gave up Freeman and Gordon, got mm-hmm. Juju, Jarvis, and Kenyon. Uh, Kenyon wasn't on my team a ton. That was back when he was in Miami and maybe even a little bit better than he is mm-hmm. now. Jarvis has been a stalwart. Juju's had his ups and downs, but I think I had him during a pretty good stretch. Uh, anyway, a real nice haul there. And that three-teamer, Zach getting Amari helped him, and then Travis got absolutely nothing from <laughs> the U.S. versus Josh Gordon. But we talked about that one when he was on. Uh, we'll stay on the three-team trade vibe, uh, Ben. And we're going to go with a big one between Bosco yeah, and huge. myself. Uh, lot, just a lot of big names kind of involved. Bosco gets Kenyon Drake, Corey Davis, Josh Adams, a 2020 second round pick. Nick gets Juju, Robbie Anderson, the number 15 pick in 2019. I got Leonard Fournette, Allen Robinson, and the number 19 pick in 19. I did give up Juju Smith-Schuster. Pretty sure that's when I gave up Kenyon Drake, maybe even Corey Davis. Anyway, gave up a fair amount, but Leonard Fournette and Allen Robinson have definitely been stalwarts in my lineups over the last couple of years. Uh, as well as a pick in there. So felt solid about that one. I think Nick getting Juju and, and Robbie Anderson certainly helped. Bosco with the Kenyon Drake, Corey Davis, Josh Adams Hall, you know, leaves a lot to be desired there. But yeah. anyway, felt solid about it. it. I just looked at it. I don't know exactly what the impact's been, but two guys that have definitely helped my team a fair amount. And then, and I think I also traded Juju once Antonio Brown left because I was thinking to myself, I don't like him being the number one and getting all the defensive attention. And he did kind of go downhill from there. Um, so I guess that wasn't a horrible uh, call on that. Another three-teamer, Ben. We're going to highlight four trades for you in the With win us? category. Yeah. Ben, myself, Bosco once again. Ben, you got a rough – kind of a rough deal in this in this one. But uh, this was yeah. in 2020. This was in 2020 in December, so not long ago. Actually, less than a year ago. No, I Bosco remember this gets, one. James Robinson. I don't remember this one, which is weird, but uh, Irv Smith Jr. Uh, and then a pick. I got Cooper Cup, Zach Moss, Keelan Cole, Ben, Big Hall, not a lot of uh, you know notoriety to it, but Evan Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Jacoby Myers, 14th pick, a second rounder. Anyway, it just stood out to me because this was before this year started and 
Cooper I Cup. got Cooper, or at the end of last year or whatever. I got Cooper Cup. He's been insane. Bosco has James Robinson, who's been been really solid. Ben not getting a ton of contributions outside of Jacoby Myers from necessarily that, but uh, just the fact that I was able to give to get Cooper Cup by probably giving up Ingram and maybe a pick or two. You know, maybe Myers I had for a sec. Um, so talk about that one. Lastly, Rob talked about this in his worst trades. Uh, in 2019, Rob traded me Jimmy Graham for Dak Prescott straight up. Uh, that's by far my most successful trade on just a simple level. Uh, Jimmy Graham was literally well past his prime and hasn't done much mm-hmm. else. And Dak's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That makes sense. Just went I'm through just, a lot. Ben. Uh... You got anything for me? All right, I am just looking at James Robinson versus Jacoby Myers. And James Robinson has been hurt a lot this season. And he finished with 128 fantasy points, and Jacoby Myers has 96. So, there we go. Not awful, just saying. Um, And also, I have Travis Etienne now, who I think is going to be the starting running back next year in Jacksonville. So, but I will say Irv Smith Jr. is going to be a solid tight end in the NFL. So, yes. I hope he is. Give us some give us some bad trades now, Andrew. Some bad trades between you and I, Ben. There were, like I said, there weren't a ton to find that were like mm-hmm. you know really stand out bad ones. Uh, I traded you. This is in April twenty seventh, twenty twenty. I traded you Stephon Diggs and James Washington. Uh, I received DJ Moore in a third round pick. Uh, and the reason I did this, Ben, is because when Stephon Diggs got traded to the Bills. I mm-hmm. thought that Josh Allen couldn't throw the football. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, I thought that Diggs' value was going to go downhill. Uh, Diggs was always kind of – he was good, but frustrating yeah. in Minnesota. And uh, and then the next year, Josh Allen becomes an MVP candidate. Stephon Diggs catches 115 balls. It's just like, oh, well, that was kind of a tough calculation there. Uh, that being said, you know, I do like DJ Moore a lot. Mm-hmm. He's proven to me that he's a damn good receiver. They've had some rough quarterback situations yep. in Carolina. Um, so I would love to see what he looks like with a real quarterback. So I don't hate the trade per se, yeah. Uh, but it was clearly a miscalculation on the Diggs front. And I ended up trading uh, away Diggs pretty quickly, right. so right, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then kind of a weird one, but in May of 2020, so in the offseason, not far away from the draft. I had the number four pick in the 2020 draft. Daniel had the number five pick in the 2020 draft. Uh, so we did a swap where I moved back to five. Dan moved up to four. He also got a third round pick. I got the 25th pick in the next draft. So that was a decent pick. But the reason I highlight this <clears throat> is because the whole point that I made this trade, Ben, is to move back from four to five because I also had the sixth pick. And in my yeah. head, I simply wanted both of them to be back-to-back, so I didn't even have to worry who got picked in between me. But just, like, voluntarily moved back and, and tried <laughs> to move forward. And maybe I tried to move forward. And I, and I acknowledge that I got a little bit in that. But, like, yeah. what was also funny is this was the draft with uh, Judy and CeeDee Lamb and okay. T. Higgins yeah. and Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. And while I knew I wanted T. Higgins – the two guys that I felt the strongest about in that draft were J.K. Dobbins and C.D. Lamb. Okay. As much as I hate Ohio State, I just felt like Dobbins was going to be a stud running back, just yeah. the way he ran. And then C.D. Lamb is just a god. And so it was just funny because then Dobbins went third. I think Dan had like three, maybe even three and four. Or no, sorry, William had one of those. Uh, so 
William takes CD at three and then Dobbins goes four to, to Daniel. And I just laughed to myself because I'm like, I wanted one of those two guys more than anything. And, and yet I traded out of that spot, moved down one pick, missed out on both the guys that I love the most. Ended up with Judy and T. Higgins. Happy about it. Ended up moving Judy. T. Higgins has been solid. But anyway, that was just a dumb reasoning to make that move. It happens to the best of us, right? You know, just one of them, them back-to-back picks. Lastly, Ben, we're going to end with just a weird trade. Uh, I saw this one. It's a good one. It's, it's a weird one. Um, it's hard to define a winner or a loser. This is between me and my good friend Zach. More on that in just a bit. Um, March 15th of 2019. This was a blockbuster. This was when the New York Giants traded Odell Beckham to the Cleveland Browns. I was anti-Baker. Still am. I wanted mm-hmm. no part of Odell Beckham on Cleveland, which has actually turned out to be pretty yeah. solid. Um, so I traded Odell Beckham, one of my best players, and my quarterback for Cousins to Zach for Andrew Luck when he was on the Indianapolis Colts and Stephon Diggs from the Minnesota Vikings. And it's just such a funny trade because, A, I was you know correct in my assumption that he would struggle in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. B, one of the big reasons I didn't think Diggs was his equal, even though now he surpassed him, but I liked Diggs. And then the fact that I was getting an Andrew Luck that obviously in my head at that time was thinking that, he would be a quarterback for the next 10 years. Stud. He's pretty elite statistically, an absolute stud. I already had Dak. I'm like, if I can just go Dak and, and fucking Andrew Luck for the next 10 years, like I'm set. Um, and it's just so funny because Odell, you know, goes on to struggle in Cleveland. Andrew mm-hmm. Luck retires like a year later. So he's gone. Diggs, I only have for the Minnesota season that one mm-hmm. year, I believe, was, again, solid, but ultimately trade him <laughs> before he goes <laughs> absolutely berserk for Buffalo. And then the, and then there's Kirk Cousins. Zach's still getting value <laughs> week after week because he is his main starter. He's actually having a good fantasy year. Yeah. And so it's just so funny that, like, those were the pieces. I was starting Kirk Cousins for a while. Um, it's just a weird trade. There's just a lot of angles to it. And so it's, it's the type of trade that makes this league great, you know? That's right. I'm going to grab a Coors Light here, Ben. Absolutely. Voice um, is starting to hurt. You're okay. While you're doing that, um, we just did talk about your good friend, Zach. But you also seem to have a real hatred for Zach. Where does this stem from? That's an excellent question, Ben. Thanks for having me. Um, Zach is one of my closest friends. And none of the hatred is real. Uh, it's yeah, all... no, I understand. <laughs> well, of course. Of course. Not. I mean, yes. I hate him. But yeah. Um, you hate it's, him it's like all, you love him. It's all fantasy football. And uh, and the reality is, Ben, is that back in the day, I don't know, in our main league. So this is the high school league that's been running for 15 years now. And he joined it maybe six or seven years ago, maybe even more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he really struggled with fantasy football at the beginning. Yeah. And just like in that league, like he was infamous for like his first four seasons. I don't think he won more than like four games in any of those. <laughs> and so we would kind of give him a hard time, but like we're growing as closer friends. And, um, and so it's just one of those things where I felt like, you know, as we became closer, he became more interested in fantasy football. He also helped effectively helped start this dynasty league to a certain extent. I had thought about it for a long time prior and, I'd been in the one with you and things like that, but mm-hmm. I ultimately was floating ideas by him because I knew he was interested in the format. So yes. all that being said, Ben, um, it's simple that it's as simple as that 
you know, I kind of brought Zach into the fantasy world. Um, you know, he found his own way. It's not like he was asking for advice or anything like sure. that. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like he was, you know, uh, someone that I, that I mentored, um, you know, rising the ranks. And then he goes fucking last year and wins the championships <laughs> in both the leagues that I care the most about, Ben. And that really pissed me off, you know, watching my pupil, um, you know, just overtake me, uh, win. I don't know if he beat me straight up in any of those leagues, but it was just, you know, it was disheartening. Sure. Um, and so until, uh, until his name is off both of those trophies, uh, or at least not the most recent winner, um, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of talking a lot of shit. Uh, I truly don't have a problem with his size. You know, some people are short. That's life. Um, really nice kid. But it just it was just a rough pill to swallow watching him win two championships last year. Um, sure. You know, taught the kid everything he knows. And, you know, it's just been, you know, Jonathan Taylor's his best player. And I hate Jonathan Taylor because he went to Wisconsin. You know, there's just, there's just a lot of things. It's just – sure. He's my fantasy. Enemy. He's he's Simple keeping you on your toes, though. You know, he's keeping you on your toes on yeah, your best game. Me off. Now, now he's beating my streak for the cash. I taught him how to Oof. play that game. It's just it's tough, you know. Awful, just truly terrible. Um, yeah. let's switch to well, let's talk about the DKFL a little bit more. Um, what does a day in the life as the commissioner <laughs> of the most popular sports league in the world, the DKFL, look like? <laughs> I want to say. You're the only person that ever uses DKFL, and I love it. It's not like a bad acronym at all. It's just like no, no one it's ever, not. Like types, no one ever types it out. I remember we were doing it for Twitter, but uh, a day in the life of the commissioner. I mean, during season, you know, I check my fantasy team once a day for obvious reasons, just because mm-hmm. you know, it's just like you know, why do we open Instagram every day? Well, for sure. obvious reasons, because um, we're millennials, and you know, this is all we have to do. Um. A day in the life, I do try to keep an eye on what's going on with, you know, injuries throughout the week. I do check on other matchups. You know, I'm constantly – I'm in four leagues. I'm constantly looking at standings, kind of going mm-hmm. through, you know, number crunching in my head, you know, what matchups are big, whatever. Um, that's about it on the fantasy front. I'll do some Google Sheet stuff, you know, updating trades, things like that, um, looking into, you know, who's got what picks, you know, four potential trades outside of that, just a regular guy, Ben. You make it sound so easy being the commissioner of one of the most popular sports leagues in the world. I just, what's nice is I've got some experience now. Uh, Fantasy Mm -hmm. golf is starting up for like a fifth season. I believe this upcoming year Um, that makes things a little bit more hectic with two going on at once for a little bit, not for long. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, uh, we've kind of found a comfort zone with it. Um, it, it's something because I enjoy fantasy football so much, I'm constantly like thinking of like, okay, what are some changes that we can make or what are some rules that are working versus not working? Um, especially as we've gotten more legit. Like I like, I really like that Google form that we put out this past off season kind of with voting and stuff. I did like Um, that. (laughs) And just kind of making sure that it's being run the right way. Um, you know, that's always the goal. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you've been a great commission, Andrew. So, you know, just wanted to see, you know, what was, uh, what's it like? So thank you for answering that. Yeah, thank you, Ben, for having me. Absolutely. Um, a little bit more about the DKFL. Which um, hypothetical question here. You need to hire four people to fill executive roles on the DKFL board. Um, pick two league members and two NFL players that would fill those roles to work with you to make this the best league possible. This is a really excellent question, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, two league members, two NFL players. I'll start with our league members. 
Uh, first and foremost, we're going to go with Michael Labosco, mm. um, arguably or, or inarguably the smartest dude in the league, uh, Northwestern grad. Uh, yeah, just, he, was bragging, he was bragging the other day about getting a 2380 on his math portion of the SAT on our Discord server. Right. So he's just he has a brain that's just that operates differently. He, he can <clears throat> see things differently, sense things differently. Um, so we're going to need that on the, on the committee. And then our second league member is going to be Travis Hansen. Because uh, we need a football guy uh, on the committee football for obvious guy. reasons. Um, and then on top of that, Travis is just a very savvy businessman, as we all know. Uh, mm-hmm. Logistical. He's someone that I get along with very well. We operate on the same, same brainwave, if you will. Not nearly as sharp as Bosco. We're clearly several rungs down on that. Uh, Not a lot of people are, though. But, uh, you know, Travis, Travis and I are more low man wins kind of guys. But uh, those are our two league members. As for our NFL players, they're going to fill the role. This was interesting, Ben, because quite frankly, I was trying to think of guys that like either are into fantasy football. Because like if they're just like mm-hmm. random NFL players, like, do they give a shit about our league? Um, you know, we like to have a good time as well. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. So we went in, in two interesting routes here. The The first player is going to be, uh, of course, Micah Parsons, linebacker mm. from the Cowboys, yeah. uh, because similar to the inclusion of Travis, we need another football guy uh, in the room, someone that brings passion, uh, one of my favorite football players early in his career. Uh, so that's Micah Parsons. Uh, and then the other one is going to be Gardner Minshew. Ooh, uh, that's going to be that. our fourth board member, our other NFL league member. Uh, again, we like to have fun. I think it was appropriate to have, you know, at least one guy that really knows how to party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Gardner Minshew is going to be that guy. I feel like he would like fancy football. He'd get along with us. And low key, I think Gardner Minshew is actually kind of smart. <laughs> like actually yeah. like very smart. Like supposedly I think his Wonder League score is kind of crazy. I think we got to be pretty similar ages. I'd have to imagine too. So he just seems like yeah. he'd, he'd fit with the boys. He'd support our cause for what we're doing here. Maybe have some innovative ideas from a, Costume, so, party, uh, what have you. Just to run through that list really quickly, we've got Mikey, who's going to be kind of our analytics numbers, um, kind of just crushing the numbers to see who gets in best. We've got He's Travis. He's like the right-hand man that I would run everything by to just be like, hey, like, are we doing the smart thing here or what? Kind of like your Ernie Adams. Um, and then yeah, you've got – Tra- You know who Ernie Adams is. That's Bill Belichick's guy. Come on now. Then you've got I Travis I've never Hansen. heard that name in my life. Football guy, you should look him up. Honestly, you should look him up. Honestly, I'm not even kidding with you. Um, yeah. Travis Hansen, football guy. That just you know, that's all enough. That's all that needs to be said. Then you got remind me of the football player, the first football player you said. Yeah, Micah fucking Parsons. Thank you. Then that's that's oh, no Penn State. Obvious. Gotta be one. decently smart. Yeah, yeah. Penn State. Um, and then Loves we've football. got, and then we've got our boy Gardner Minshew. Who just seems like a good guy. Um, good leader too, I think. So I like that. I like these choices a lot. Thank you, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you for answering that. Um, let's do a little random one here and let's start with this. What has been, this has been a legendary football game, video game in general for us, probably all of our friends. Um, what is the best NCAA 14 dynasty you have ever created in your life? It is a great game, Ben, and there are honestly so many choices to choose from. I know. Most, of them, most of them go very similar ways. Um, for those that don't know, I have an Xbox 360. My only video game is NCAA 14. So that's the only thing I play, <laughs> which is so I love it. 
Yeah. Still holds up. The HD quality is outstanding. The game play, the feel, it's great. So there's so many things to choose from. Obviously, past dynasties, I delete the files, all that stuff. I, I usually go, so I'm always doing dynasty mode. I usually go anywhere from eight to 15 years with a program. Okay. Uh, one program only. I don't coach, I don't change schools. Uh, I build them up, get the recruits, <clears throat> and then go on massive win streaks, win a bunch of awards, just have hella fun playing. Um, so anyway, I wanted to highlight a relatively recent one, uh, my second most recent one, and that's Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs. This, uh, this dynasty was birthed actually because I was living in Berkeley and I was like FaceTime with some homies. I forget what the occasion was during covid and I had everyone like suggest a school as to what should be my next uh, my next dynasty. Uh, these were the likes of maybe Zach, Artie, Jay, mm-hmm. uh, Max Hillman, maybe a couple others, Colin. Uh, and anyway, Louisiana Tech won on the random draw. And I liked it because usually I do pick power teams, whether it's USC, Texas, <clears throat> Miami, A&M, LSU, Georgia, what have you. Um, those are usually what I go for. Uh, Louisiana Tech was one of the rare smaller schools. I don't usually try to do like a, a big uphill climb. I've been playing the game for so long that I don't like to, I like the effort, but I don't want to like spend like three years rebuilding. Yeah. And so anyway, we got Law Tech up and running. I did still have it saved. So I was able to go back and find a couple of things. I made it to year 2028. 20, so the game starts in 2014. So that's a 14 or 15 year run. I don't know that exact math, but 14 is obviously the difference between 28 and 14, sure. but uh, good run. Made it for a while there. 211 and five was my career record. 183 straight wins at one point, 12 national championships. Mm. Um, now again, you know, I play this game religiously, play it on Heisman mode. I play all the games. I win all the games for obvious reasons because I'm just better than these people on mm. the computer. But uh so that's typically how they go. But this one was fun because I did it at Louisiana Tech, ended up building up some prestige and then ultimately getting recruits, you know, sure. as I got better and better. Um, and so, you know, endless Heismans and all that kind of stuff. But go Bulldogs. I love that. Yeah, usually I do, you know, I start like a – I start as a coordinator somewhere, offensive coordinator somewhere, like a small school. Yeah. And then I pick like some, I don't know, like Texas Tech to coach as a head coach. And then I move on to a big school after like two or three years and turn them into a powerhouse and then go back to a small school and turn that into a power. So kind of what I you like do, that, just, yeah, it's fun. It's a good time, but a lot of movement. NCAA yeah, 14, I'm, best one ever. I'm playing. So. I run the same offense every time. I always get a mobile what offense? What offense do you run? I run, I just do the spread. Um, okay. I, I do I multiple. Ha- I've done multiple. I like, that. I like yeah. that too. I always have a mobile quarterback. However, I mm-hmm. don't run the quarterback very often. I just want to be able to run the read option yeah, and just maybe do like two to five carries a game for the quarterback. But I am very much a pound the rock with the running back. And then there's Love one that. star receiver and one star tight end. And that's pretty much my mantra. If you can move, because, you know, people love to pass in that game. But if you mm-hmm. can start pounding the rock in that game and really like learn how to run, I run the it's, ga- out of it. it's game over. It's game over. So love that. Well, I want to end this uh, interview on a dynamic question um, about a legend, a Southern Utah legend. Um, His name is Jeff Skaggs. Um, He's been mentioned before in our group chat. He's probably been mentioned before just in general with many friends of ours, many friends of yours. 
Um, he's your father. Can you give us the most legendary Jeff Skagg story? This was uh, this was the hardest question of them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly, haven't really come up with a good answer even to this point. That's but, okay. Well, there's so many. I mean, there's so many random nuances. Like he knows so many people from all walks of life. I know, and it's it's purely because he's just super social. He always has been. He really likes to stay connected. Like he still goes with his college buddies to Vegas. Um, uh-huh. just so many different things. Like he's perfect, even though he's not on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. he's like kind of on like Facebook and LinkedIn and things. Yeah. And he's just like perfect for like, hey, like oh, just look up an old, you know, some guy I lived with thirty years yeah. ago, and like all these different things. Um, I'm going to share a quick story though, Ben. It actually doesn't really have much to do with him being legendary, but I thought this would be kind of a funny story to share. And this is in Miami, Florida. And so one of the cool things that my dad and I have done that most people know is that we've seen all the major league baseball stadiums in the country. Mm -hmm. And so on this particular trip, we were in the Southeast. I forget exactly how many games we saw, but you know, naturally Tampa Bay, Atlanta, uh, Miami, things like that. Mm -hmm. And we also go to colleges Uh, and at each college, I mean, these are major universities we would try to see, uh, we would play one-on-one full court. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's just kind of a, a fun wrinkle to the equation as well. Sure. So it's weird because they, they are baseball tours, but ultimately when I think back, I'm like, damn, I've actually seen like a strong number of like the big universities, yeah. like athletic universities in the country. Anyway, besides the point, we're in Miami, Florida, and we're going to a Miami Marlins game. And this is when they've got their, their new stadium. Actually. Yeah, this is what the new. And. We are, you know, killing time in Miami. We've got a, a night game uh, the Marlins are playing. And so we're, like, at a shopping mall or something like that. And my dad asked the lady at, like, the parking garage, like, oh, like, where's the, where's the Miami stadium? Mm-hmm. And this was before the time of, like, iPhones and yeah. legit Google Maps and all that stuff. So this might have even been their, their previous stadium. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe pro player. But um, he asks basically, oh, you know, where we would use like old school maps and stuff. on these <laughs> And my dad's kind of stubborn. So you just, you know, wouldn't even like figure out the like the directions beforehand. And just like, oh, let's just start driving and figure it out. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we start driving. We're going all the way through Miami. She gives us some directions, um, an address. Maybe we do punch it into a, a GPS. Who knows? But we're just driving and driving through the streets of Miami, like seeing all kinds of stuff, which is cool. But like, fuck, we've been driving sure. for like an hour now. And we thought we were like decently close to the stadium. And sure enough, we get finally get to the address. And it's like this like strip mall. And, uh, and it's the Miami, <laughs> this might have just been the Florida Marlins, but the Florida Marlins team store. Oh, and, oh, and like boy. this little like hole in the wall inside of the mall. And so, like, we're both, like, looking at each other, like, damn, like, this lady was an attendant at the parking garage at the shopping mall. She thought we were talking about the Florida Marlins yeah. the store. <laughs> Gives us Jeez. directions all the way across town. And then so, you get back in the car. I have to drive, you know, 40 minutes back to the actual stadium. Again, nothing to do with the legend of him, but I just found it funny. It came to mind recently here. and I love it. Just, like, we, we would it. go on so many of those trips without – with like some planning, but kind of like for the most part being like, Oh, like planning by ear. Like, like the great example is he came to Colorado, uh, like for the July weekend, we went up to like Aspen and Breckenridge and steamboat Springs, literally just driving around to these mountain yeah. towns, like 
hiking a little bit, but not like skiing or doing anything like that. And like, he'd be like, Oh, let's just like, you know, let's just go up towards the mountain. Like, I'm sure there's something there. Like as if like the base of the ski, <laughs> ski run has like a hike, like with like, no, like, you know, looking it up or anything, like just blindly being like, Hey, maybe see there's what something happens. there. Yeah. He's just like a very spontaneous, just like, a, you know, some things are very planned, but other things are completely spontaneous. And so I love he's that. actually at the, uh, the USF president state game tonight. So go down. Oh, wow. Yeah. They just hired Jeff Tedford too, as a football coach. Yeah. He was, he's back. Uh, it's Fresno State. Back. It's a great Fresno. It's a great city. Love that city. Yeah, yeah. You're a big bulldog for life. Oh yeah, love that. Well, Andrew, this has been great. I appreciate you uh, sitting down, taking some time to answer these questions, and uh, let me ask you these questions. Yeah, the honor was all mine, Ben. Glad we could get through uh, interviewing all twelve members of the league. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll have a special guest on the podcast next week to break down the mm-hmm. playoffs. Uh, only time will tell, Ben. Love it. Andrew, be well. Be well, Ben. Have a great evening. You too. Adios. Bye-bye.